0: you <laughs> It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT as we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL: who will be the Raiders' quarterback? This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last twenty plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness? Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now... Sound off like you got a pair.
1: Here's JT the Brick.
0: Out of the gate on a Monday march madness a complete success here in las vegas as we knew ahead of time welcome in i'm ready to roll it's going to be a busy week here we got a lot of good guests that i lined up today throughout the week we will be at the raider facility tomorrow i believe the Raiders will announce a new signing here within the next half hour to an hour on the show which is going to be solid really solid so we got that going on today and welcome in after i thought an Epic weekend in Vegas. I'm so proud to live here. I love it here. I'm an ambassador to Vegas on the radio because I like when people visit and have a good time. Look, I can't, you know, we don't have a lot of traffic, traffic on the strip. Our airport can can accommodate a lot of people, millions of people. Maybe a flight's delayed here or there, a little bit long. Might have took you a little bit longer to check into your resort casino. I don't know about that or not, but overall, people who come to Vegas love it. They leave in a blur. The Fraternal Order of the men of Khaki Pants were all over town. I was everywhere from Circa, Resorts World, Virgin, and Mandalay Bay for college basketball. Those are the places I touched over the weekend with my wife and her cousins were in town and other friends who were here and said, hey, meet me for a quarter of a game or a half a game. I was all over the place. It was an unbelievable weekend here and a lot happened in here. So all I want to do is today talk about your weekend. As a Raider fan and free agency, what you think about free agency? I have a lot to say on that. If you had friends in town for college basketball, where'd you take them? What'd you do? We tell stories on the radio, right? We tell stories on the radio. What we do over the weekend here, and then uh, jump into what this week looks like because we have our first ever regional in Las Vegas. We don't have Kansas, but we got my friend Eric Musselman coming in from Arkansas. We'll have Lon Kruger on Wednesday. Uh, guy who's been to five Sweet Sixteens and knows the UNLV program well but has so many friends around the league because of coaches versus cancer. Gamblers are lined up on the show. Bill Krakenberger, Jeff Sherman, Lee Sterling uh, from gambling and how to gamble during March Madness where it's obvious, as Crack told me, one of the most successful sports gamblers in the world, that everybody just gives their money to Vegas. They come in and they get humiliated betting parlays. Lose money. He's going to come on tomorrow to talk about what a joke it is. The casino the sports book directors should meet all of these not pros, all the public at the door. Give them a drink ticket. Give them whatever that. Give them a free room. Just get them, get them to the window so they can bet these stupid parlays and bet ten teams and give their money to Vegas and the casino. We'll talk about that with him tomorrow. Maybe a little uh, made a little bit of money, but my bracket was slaughtered. I had Purdue in the final four. I had Arizona uh, going deep. I picked Houston to win it all. But overall, my bracket slaughtered. And the rule that we always say during March Madness, no one cares about my bracket. They don't care about yours, but they care about if you bet. And did you watch that TCU game and that backdoor cover? Everybody's talking about that. Uh, Gonzaga's alive in UCLA. And I saw them the last time they played at T-Mobile. So we got a regional in town. And there's a lot of people I'm going to congratulate for that. I think that is one of the most important stories in Las Vegas sports history, that the people who worked that behind the scenes were able to help bring a regional here before we get a Final Four in basketball and the national championship, which we're going to get with the kickoff classic, and we're going to get that in football. So it's a big, important week for Vegas because we're hosting the NCAA tournament on top of our casinos and our resort properties hosting the NCAA tournament because the whole world wants to bet in Las Vegas. This is an epic week. Everybody in Vegas should be on my radio show all week from noon to 2 with a big Vegas flag saying, welcome, come all. Come all and have a great time in Sin City. Man, I had a good weekend, man. I had I had radio voice last night on Sunday night. It's a little bit better uh, earlier today as we get going. Raider Free Agency... Okay, so the Raiders are about to take care of the tight end position. I'll leave it at that. Okay, the Raiders also have Hunter Renfro still on the roster. I like Hunter a lot. I think he's a hell of a player. Hunter Renfro's money, which came due on Friday, he is still here. I thought there was a chance Hunter would have been gone or traded or moved there ahead of the draft. Anybody could still get traded. Anybody could get traded on draft day or beforehand, but... Vinny Bonsignor put out a great column today that reset the Raiders. He put it out in today's paper, and I saw it last night, and I called Vinny today because I wanted to get clarification before we started the show. And he went position by position, and Vinny went into detail on the Raiders' depth going forward. So what I did today is in my studio I have a whiteboard here, and I just charted every Raider, every Raider on the roster, and what position they're going to play and trying to circle the players that I think are going to be impact guys. What concerns me is the Raiders have several available opportunities for better players to come in during the NFL draft and start instantly. Because I think the Raiders, and I'll go through position by position, have multiple openings for competition coming up here. Offensive line, defensive line, cornerback especially. And then overall, I think the Raiders did a decent job. I'm not going to say they did an unbelievable job or they did a bad job. I think they did a decent job because they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. They retained Hunter Renfro and they got Jacoby Myers. They got Marcus Epps as a starter, Spillane the linebacker. So they got a bunch of guys who are going to play that they just figured out and went out and gotten free agency. So I think that was really important. So the Raiders, and you know Dave Ziggler's come on with me multiple times. He is not going to go free agent hog wild. He's not going to do it. It's not his core philosophy. Dave Ziggler wants to build this thing the correct way so then the Raiders can compete for multiple Super Bowls, not one Super Bowl, and then have to blow it all up like the Rams did. Now, I'll take the Super Bowl and blow it up if you give me a Super Bowl, but it's hard to do that, and the Rams just threaded the needle and pulled it off. Before that, Tampa Bay was able to do the same thing because Tampa Bay got Tom Brady. And by all accounts, the Raiders were in the hunt for Tom Brady. And the Raiders were interested in the first pick overall at quarterback, and they got Jimmy Garoppolo. We spoke to Jimmy G first on the radio on Friday, and I really enjoyed the interview and got good feedback from it, not from my questions, but from Jimmy Garoppolo's answers and how comfortable he was. Blue-collar guy wants to be here. You do not bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, keep Devontae Adams and Max Crosby if you're doing a rebuild. I talked to not 100, maybe not 50. I talked to 45 Raider fans face-to-face over the weekend in sports books, in a restaurant, went to Chef Barry's over the weekend. Wow, was that good. And talking to Raider fans, Raider fans want to know where the team is going. I give my best answer. I go, they didn't bring in Jimmy Garoppolo to tread water, Devontae's here, Max Crosby's here, Chandler Jones is here, and the leading rusher in the NFL is here in Josh Jacobs. So they have a core group of guys who are very good, and they have a couple of elite players in Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, and Devontae Adams. They're not good, they're elite. When you got elite players, you got to get those guys' rings, you got to get them in the playoffs. They want to win. They want to hear about two, three years from now, even if they buy into the plan. And the plan is set up for a two, three year. You know, get the team up to where it's really good. And then they can get to a point where they're trying to go to six playoffs in a row, five playoffs in a row, two Super Bowls. That's the plan. But it's tough to tell that plan with Raider fans as you look in the middle of March. They don't want to hear about the plan. They just want to get one more player via free agency. And that's going to be announced here pretty shortly as we open up the show. So as I started to pencil what the Raiders have, I like stars, I like winners, I like pro bowlers. So I think the Raiders, as I circled these names of Cole and Carlson, even though they have a new long snapper, they have a, you know two great kickers, a kicker and a punter. Let's start with them first. Put them in a the basket. Basket of really good players, Carlson and Cole. Then we go to Josh Jacobs. And I'm not going to say I was wrong on Josh Jacobs. All I said was, was the truth and I was right. They were not going to give him his 50-year option because he didn't have a good year before the new regime got here. Anybody, Everybody should know two things as I begin the broadcast because one might be taken out of context. And when I know people are clipping my show and clipping what I say and putting it up on Twitter, I always say might be taken out of context. There should be two things that you should all be aware of as I begin the broadcast. Number one, Josh Jacobs last year was on a prove-it deal. If you don't understand that, I cannot help you. If you can't figure that out, that when Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels came in, looking back on what Josh Jacobs did the year earlier, and they didn't give him a fifth-year option, I can't help you. I need to send you to football class so you can understand why he did not have his fifth-year option picked up. He did not. It was a prove-it year, and he outproved it. Now he is elite, and he got franchise tagged for a lot of money, and I think they're working on a contract extension with him. So that's point number one. Point number two is if you don't understand after this weekend or last year why Darren Waller is no longer with this team, you need help and you need a lot of help if you can't figure out why Darren Waller is not on this team. If you don't know about Darren Waller and why he's not a Raider and dotted every I and crossed every T with the new regime, the new regime that had a guy named Rob Gronkowski at tight end, if you can't figure that out, I cannot help you. I cannot help you. I can't give you a tutorial. You need help trying to figure out that. So that answer at tight end will be helped a little bit more today by the end of the show. So Jacobs outplayed his contract, and now he has leverage. Darren Waller did not. He was not available. He's no longer here. Those are two things I've been dying to say all weekend. So that's how we begin. Now, Hunter Renfro is here, which I'm really excited about. I like Hunter. I think that Hunter can be developed into a player, although he has not proved that he's anywhere near Julian Edelman, Amendola, Welker, who are great players. Hunter is a very good player. Hunter is not elite. He's too young to be categorized. Hunter's got to have like a four or five year window of having a year like he had two years ago to be considered anywhere near Julian Edelman who made one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history in the 28-3 comeback for the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl. He was elite in that game. So so Hunter Renfro could be that player, but he's not that player now. And he's nowhere near that player now, but as of today, Hunter Renfro is here. I think that's cause for celebration. If you told me Hunter was not going to be here on Monday, I wouldn't have been shocked, but because there's a lot of changes in this organization. They're evaluating players and they're moving those players if they don't deem them to be as good as the players that they've worked with in the past. So I am celebrating today at least Hunter Renfro being here because I think he fits in perfectly with Jacoby Myers. Oh, my God. If it turns out on opening day that Jacoby Myers is in one slot and Hunter's in the other and Josh Jacobs is behind Jimmy G and Devontae Adams is spread out left, and the new tight end who we're getting here quickly is in motion. I think the Raiders are going to be really good. And Philip Dorsett comes in a couple of times, uh, you know, at the Mac Hollins level. Congrats to Mac Hollins. He's in Atlanta. He was moved. I think the Raiders are pretty loaded on offense again. Loaded, loaded, because they have Josh Jacobs. To me, Josh Jacobs changed everything from my analysis going forward with this team because he's the number one rusher in the NFL. When I grew up as a kid and Earl Campbell led the league in rushing or Tony Dorsett led the league in rushing or Marcus Allen, right, former Raider, one of the greats of all time, when they were in their prime and you were able to build two or three years around them where they had 1,600, 1,800, some had 2,000 yards, everything changed because you have an elite running back and now the focus of the team has to be on your elite running back. He led the league in rushing. You have the best number one running back in football. The Raiders have that now. Fact, not fiction, coming off Josh Jacobs' year last year. Devontae seems to be okay. I mean, I was thinking about Devontae today, talking about Devontae left Aaron Rodgers to play with his college roommate, Derek Carr, now to play for Jimmy Garoppolo. Who the hell's shedding a tear for Devontae? Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and now Jimmy G.? We're not asking Devontae Adams to play with Baker Mayfield and to play with Andy Dalton. (laughs) I mean, or to play with Zach Wilson of the Jets. Everybody who's shedding a tear for Devontae, everything I hear from Devontae's inner circle is he's in a great position now. He loves playing here. He loves golfing here. His wife and kids love it here. Devontae, from all accounts, is in a really good spot. So Devontae's on this team. Then Colt Miller at left tackle. So I have Colt Miller circled, Devontae, Jacoby Myers. Uh, I have Carlson Cole, Jacobs, Jimmy G circled. I have Nate Hobbs circled. Whoa, what what am I doing there? Yeah, I'm all in on Nate Hobbs. He better have a better year. Marcus Epps came in from the NFC champs to start. So they got a starting safety, which I like right there. And the linebacker Spillane, from all accounts, was brought in to be a starter at middle linebacker, or, or at least be a big-time rotational player who I believe will be a starter, so I circled him along with Max Crosby again and Chandler Jones. Those are the only guys I have circled. Whoa, but I got a lot of guys who aren't circled. So I'm trying to figure out, who do I, who do I not have circled here? Well, pretty much the entire defense. I don't have a circle around Luke Masterson or Divine Diablo or Jerry Tillery or Bilal Nichols or Neil Farrell. I think those guys are good players. This organization values those players and brought them back because they're cost-effective and they can play in this league. But I don't know, maybe one, or one of them will become a pro bowler. Uh, am I a believer in Sam Webb? Kind of. I thought he played well at times. Tyler Hall, Faison, Amik Robertson, Trayvon Merrig, Rod- Roderick Teamer. No, I'm not a believer in them as being elite players. But they're cost-effective, and this regime, for now, thinks they should be in this organization, especially a guy like Divine Diablo, who, again, he he wasn't available. Well, if you're not available for this new regime, you're not going to be here. They must see something with his athletic ability. Then I, oh, I got one other guy circled, my mistake, Dylan Parham. Dylan Parham I have circled. He's a starter at guard, could start at center, and I think he's a valuable piece. So the, here's the glasses half empty and the glasses half full. I'll go with glasses half empty. There's a lot of holes here in the secondary that better be fixed in the draft. And Dave Ziegler's got some fresh powder to go out and get starters. It's tough to find starters in the NFL draft who are good unless you have the second, third, fourth pick, seventh pick. You get a guy like Sauce Gardner. You go out and get a player that you think is just going to be an impact guy. Raiders can do that at number seven and take the best cornerback off the board or the best defensive tackle, including one that could be dropping down from number one to number seven. But as far as I'm looking here, you know, they could be set with safety with Epps and Merrick and the rotation that they have. You know, Rakia Sin's not Dotted and I and crossed T yet. No one in, around the league seems to want to Asin. Well, we had Casey Hayward and Rocky Sin. Both of those guys were starters. Hayward left. And now, you know, I look at what's going to happen here. I, I don't know what's going to happen here overall with Rocky Asin. I thought he was going to be, you know, a solid piece that I could circle. I can't do that with him. So overall, I love, I don't like, I love what the Raiders did with Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers, and for now, Hunter Renfro. I'm good with all of that because that makes this offense now get the ball on the 25-yard line, and they don't have to come off the field. You can get first down after first down after first down, third and three, spread everyone wide, give it to Josh Jacobs for 12 yards. You can come back in a no huddle with a quarterback who can run the offense faster and better at the line of scrimmage and throw a slant to Devontae for 30 yards. You can keep the defense on the sideline Because of the addition of Jacoby Myers and the retainment of Hunter Renfro. That makes this team loaded with Devontae and what they could do with Josh Jacobs. So I like that. And I think Jimmy G is going to run the offense better than Derek Carr. He's got to remain healthy, as we talked about. If he's not healthy, I I can't predict health, and I won't do that here. But I'm going to predict that the guy's 100%, and he's going to play. And I like his energy. I like what he told me about being here. Epps is going to start at safety. Nate Hobbs is going to start at corner. Spillane's going to start at linebacker. Max and Chandler Jones are going to be there. Now get me more starters on defense. Go five for five or go four out of five. Four out of five guys. I want to see a player drafted better than Divine Diablo. I want to see a player drafted better than Jerry Tillery. I want to see a a corner better than face on Webb's, Robertson, whoever they have, who's going to walk into the building on day one and go, great, guys, here I am. I'm the starter. I was just drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders in the second round or the third round to start. That position is mine. I'll go earn it. Got to earn it around these parts. Even Jimmy G said he's the face of the franchise. He wants to earn it. And if you, if the Raiders can do what the Seattle Seahawks did or almost do what the Seahawks did, getting five defensive starters along with, say it with me again, Colt Miller, Jacoby Myers, Devontae, Josh Jacobs, Jimmy G, Hunter Renfro. They're going to be pretty good, at least on paper, compared to where they are today, where they are today. After the draft and after OTAs and after the preseason, I will have a brand new whiteboard up here with the chart of who I think is going to be the starters. I'll have the schedule in front of me knowing where the Raiders are on the road, what their bye week is going to be. And we can make a pretty good prediction of what the Raiders are going to do. I don't want your prediction on the Raiders record right now. I didn't ask for that. But I'm asking what you think about, you know, what they've done in free agency. I really think it's a true definition in sports radio is glasses half full or glasses half empty. You know, for those who say Jimmy G is a lateral move with Carr, I disagree. I think Jimmy G is better than Carr. Not by a lot. Derek did a lot of good things. I like Derek. I think Jimmy G's a little bit better. I think his footwork's better. I think his progressions are better. But most importantly, I think Jimmy G's better with this offense under Josh McDaniels. Again, Derek could win 10 or 11 games in New Orleans this year. He can win more than Jimmy G. And you'd say, hey, I remember you said that Jimmy G is better than Carr. It's relative to what system you're in. I like Jimmy G. But for me, I don't know what apology. I got it right. People should be apologizing to me. I believe that Josh Jacobs now is the cornerstone of this franchise in regards to stability with down and distance along with Jimmy G. Okay? I think with Jimmy G and Josh Jacobs that Josh McDaniels can run this offense at a more efficient pace with a quarterback who can run it a little bit more efficiently. And the Raiders are going to stay on the field longer than what happened last year in an absolute train wreck with five double-digit leads in the second half, where if the offense would have kept their ass on the field, would have executed a little bit better, and everybody's to blame for that, then the Raiders would have held on to three of those five games and would have had nine wins, fighting the last week to get in with ten. The Raiders weren't as bad as you or the national media thought last year. The problem is, you are what your record is. And the five double-digit blown leads... You just needed two or three of those to be on knocking on the door for the playoffs and anything to happen. But I can't go back in the hot tub time machine and erase all of that. The Raiders blew those games. They did it on their own because of everything from the plays they ran, the lack of execution, and the defense could only hang on for so long, man. Again, I was talking to someone other than Vinny today, and I said the Rams game last year, the Rams game last year. This is not quoted to Dave Ziegler. This was not quoted at all to Josh McDaniels. The Rams game last year was the end of Derek Carr, and it was the end of Darren Waller. Darren Waller was not available. He should have been available for that game, and Derek Carr played terribly, threw a ball away in the end zone, and a 16-3 to lead evaporated. In my opinion, that was the day that Waller was gone and Derek Carr was gone. I was right. You were not. That was the beginning of the end. Now they're trying to clean that up in free agency. So that's where we're at as we open up the show. We should have an announcement on a new player coming up here from what I'm sensing, not hearing, in a little bit, and March Madness. Man, I love March Madness. Oh, it was great. I also want to take a call or two on the World Baseball Classic. How great is it to see Mookie Betts and Trout hit back-to-back? Goldsmith. What we're seeing with some of the plays on this team, man, I, I really enjoyed watching that. Chris in West Oakland, back from Tahoe, where he either won a little bit or a lot, or lost a little bit or a lot. How'd it go, Chris? I lost a lot
1: this weekend, JT. Ooh. And I you know what? I, I'm I'm rated out. I got all off season to talk about this. We, as I told you before, when I called you on Wednesday, when I was headed up, my favorite weekend of the year. This is my Super Bowl. Um, You know, I'm always in Harvey's every year. I got the wristband, drink for free all weekend. Uh, Had a great weekend before I get into the game. My son, Zach, that you know, and his best friend from kindergarten who's getting married, they had a mini bachelor party. I was sitting around a table with about eight of his buddies all drinking on my free wristband. And it was just kids that you knew. You know, when you're drinking with kids that you remember when they were four or five years ago, it kind of lets you know that you're getting up there. But it was a great thing, and I had a one. Now, the gambling sucked. But the time was great. So let me tell you about my losses, JT. This this takes some doing. But out of the five bad beats that, that have made SportsCenter so far this year, JT, I've been on the losing end of all five. Ooh. The first day was just brutal. I was on the losing end of the 30-foot buzzer beater. I had Alabama minus 24 with a 26-point lead, and a kid hits a 30-footer at the buzzer. I was on the losing end of the College of Charleston game when they were underdog by five, down by four, miss a layup. Kid grabs a layup. A cheap foul is called. They went back to the freaking monitor, put a set of 0.2 seconds left and a 50% free throw shooter goes to the line, knocks down two and drills me. I was on the losing end of the Virginia game, but the coup de garage AT was last night. I'm very much in the school of the bill Krakenberger. I'm not a professional gambler, but most of my big bets are, are all straight bets. I don't believe in parlays. I try to stay away from over unders. When I load up big on games, it's on a straight bet. Well, I knew it was going to be my last bet of the weekend, leaving the casino yesterday. As I'm on my way out, I wanted to bet all the late games. I had a five-team parlay. (laughs) Let's just say I was due to collect about $3,700. I had Gonzaga minus four and a half to the freaking over. All they had to do was touch the ball, miss the freaking free throw, I got beat because a kid rolls the ball to half court and throws in a 40-footer at the buzzer. You talk about leaving a bad taste in your mouth that I won't be able to get back till next year. I know it's luck. I know it's the gambling gods. But, damn, man, sometimes I wonder what I really did wrong to be on the losing (laughs) end this many times. The last two seasons, JT, I told you last year, remember when you were up there, I had seven half-point losses last year in the first two days. I had those five bad beats this year. It's just brutal. That being said, still my favorite time of the year, man. I had an absolute blast. I got out of town today before the weather got bad. And, oh, one little thing, what did I tell you on Wednesday, my friend? Most overrated conference every year. The Big Ten gets eight or nine teams. Here we are the second weekend. They're one left. And I know it's driving the great John and Frazier batty that the great Tom Izzo is the only guy left representing the Big Ten. I'm still – I said Kansas, but I loved UCLA. I think with those guys being out, I still think the winner of the Gonzaga-UCLA game has a great chance to win it all. That being said, man, still my great best time of year, and I, I wish you were up there this year to have a few drinks with me, but there's always next year. Thank you, my brother. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you.
0: Know- happened last night and i was at dinner at Shep barry's over at circo with a couple of people that were in the room what a room that was and uh the next day to see the people who got the backdoor cover on tcu over gonzaga that was uh, you know when you look at what happened in this tournament and to see those you know bad beats at the end when the game is over and you're about to go to the window and cash a ticket that hurts in regards to drinking with your kids my son's coming in he's 21 He's coming in. My nephew's bachelor party is this week. So the first nephew, my my father has five grandsons. The oldest is getting married this summer. So he's having his bachelor party here, and we got some hookups for him, and we're going to do it all. So, yeah, it's great, and it's all around March Madness. When you can hang out in a sports book and watch games, And have a great time. There's nothing better. Especially for these young kids who have never done it before. You know, 21, 22, they're legal. They can come to Vegas and really get loose without mom and dad. And have a good time. Uh, That's fun. They just got to stay out of trouble. And that's the only rule. All right. We're off to a good start. Chris, I'm bummed out that you had a couple of bad beats here. Uh, Raider free agency is a big topic that we're hitting on. There should be a new player Announced during the show today, Bobby says we got NorCal Raider. Let me get him up here before the bottom of the hour. Keep us going here on the flagship of the Raiders. What do you got?
2: Hey, JT, how you doing? Doing well. Um, yeah, I like I like the move um, the move with uh, Jimmy G. Um, I think he has a lot to prove. Same thing goes for Carr. Um, you know, it's like you get to that you know time of your career where you know things you thought you'd be in different places, and um, um, it's really up to him and with him and being our team, him playing well if we draft another quarterback this off um, during um, the draft, Mm. I mean, if he keeps playing well, I could see another Geno situation transpiring. Um, All he has to do, because he's going to do great with the system, you know, like, like one thing about the the Josh McDaniels and what they recognize is they recognize having cohesion and knowing their players, knowing what they bring to the table. It's better than bringing in the Mm. project and help develop them. So I think it's a very um, conservative thing that they're doing. It's, it's a really safe thing you are doing, and they're holding on to other drafts. Mm-hmm. I've wanted that for the longest time, for many, many years ago. Even when we when we were running like as a general manager back in the late 2000s, like r- this is the way that you build your team. You build it through the draft. Um, you let it simmer. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see the Cincinnati Bengals. All those guys are all drafted guys. You know, they had a, they got a nice drafts. You know, a couple of years, and look where they're at right now. So I think this is the most safest thing to do is just just keep drafting, bring in some starters. I want somebody in the. Um, to um, hopefully with mm. Lane. he's he's not as good as Perriman I like mm. I like Pearman a little bit better, but um, he's a pretty good role player. But they got to do something about that defense. To hopefully, pick up a tight end that could help. Uh,
0: they assist, just did. Um, they just did. The Raiders Rappalo. just uh, the Raiders just signed OJ Howard, uh, Super oh, Bowl really champion really? and uh, NCAA champion at Alabama. So OJ Howard, according to Ian Rappaport, which we knew as I opened up the show, the Raiders will make it official. I- Ian Rappaport, thanks for the call. 20 minutes ago, O.J. Howard is now signed with the Raiders. I mean, durability is going to be key when he's out there. He's a guy who can catch any pass out there. He could stretch the defense. The former Bucks pick had 10 starts with the Texans last year, and he comes in. Is he better than Darren Waller? No. I Darren Waller's a great player when available. And the same thing will be said, but the Raiders now have their tight end in O.J. Howard, who I believe, and let me double-check here, is 28 years old. He's played a lot of football because he played at the highest level at Alabama in some of the biggest games you could play out there. He was the 19th pick overall in the first round in 2017. So O.J. Howard at the age of 28. He'll be 29 November 18th it is your new tight end for the silver and black. Cheaper, much cheaper. I don't have the contract details here than Darren Waller, but let's put him in on the list with Hunter, Philip Dorsett, uh, look at Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, and what they have there overall. So O.J. Howard and his ability to stretch the field. I think a really similar player to Waller. Very similar player in size and strength. A big guy who can make every catch, can stretch the field. Uh, is he durable? No, he's missed some games. That's why the Buccaneers moved on from him. But, you know, there's a guy who won a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl championship a national championship and he was the national championship offensive MVP. So his resume speaks for himself and the question is can he can he play? can he stay healthy? We've said that about Jimmy G. We're saying it about everybody else here, but we'll officially be able to welcome OJ Howard to the Raiders and it's another piece and I think it sets up with what Dave Ziegler's doing. He waits he's waiting for the market to discount. He's waiting for the market to discount and do some deals at the end of free agency. That'll be a little bit cheaper here. And I'm for that because I know he's not going to overspend. And he's not going to pay a premium for anybody. He's not going to do that, especially this year, which is his first real draft as he has the seventh pick overall. That's the monologue brought to you by PTs. Want to thank them all for what a great weekend. Golden Knights, Jack Eichel with a hat trick. We'll get to that coming up here in a little bit vgk and they're a proud partner of the vegas golden knights we have new partners to welcome which i'm thrilled about but pts fuels the monologue best happy hour in town from five to seven midnight to two it's monday coming off the first week in march madness historically this is a great day to be on the radio let's take advantage of the format
1: They get it into the big man, and Omir tries to bring it across half court. Now gets it to Pack, who does break the stripe. Up ahead, Wong slams it home for Miami.
0: Uh, Miami, they got it done. Wong had 27 points. Westwood won on the call. JT, back with you. I spoke to Jim Laranega, head coach of Miami. We'll get to that conversation. He joined me late last night. It was the last interview I did last night on my XM show. I'll have that for you here in a little bit. We're recapping March Madness. We're Vegas. We need to do a better job. We need to do a better job. We just hosted March Madness in Vegas. We're actually hosting a regional here, but we hosted globally. So if you made some money, you had some bad beats, like Chris and West Oakland started us off. He had a great bet that worked for you. Let us know. Bill Williamson, who's our insider that, joins us every week. Uh, raiders still spending at a tight end oj howard safety jaquan johnson and defensive end jordan willis johnson and willis you know they they play in you know, they're reserve players oj howard i believe you know oj howard has proven what he can do in this league he has to just be durable and play i still believe the raiders will draft a tight end the trap the tight end class is loaded absolutely loaded but there's a problem here i don't want to see the raiders draft a tight end unless he's the best available player in the third round or above because they just can't pass on him because he's great. Then you want to draft a tight end. I'm good with it, but I'd like to see the Raiders go pretty much heavy defense, really heavy defense from the seventh pick on, and that's going to be our biggest topic on Raider Nation Radio for the next month as we go from mid-March to mid-April before the draft is what are the Raiders deem the best available player on defense when their name is called, and the ability to trade up and get better defensive players. I'm not a big fan of having 12 picks and having 6th and 7th round picks. I'd rather package whatever you can do, package and move up and get into the 3rd, 4th round. Maybe in the 4th round you get fortunate with a Max Crosby. That's hard to do. But uh, the Raiders get O.J. Howard at tight end. It doesn't look like Foster Moreau will be back. Could be, but he's had a couple of free agent visits. Mac Collins is gone. He signs with Atlanta, and the defense seems to be the important part of what we're going to do here and what the Raiders need to do here going forward. So if you're a season ticket holder for the Raiders here, uh, the Raiders did not sit by idly. The Raiders made several moves in free agency, more than a lot of other teams combined who didn't do anything. Some of those teams didn't have to do anything. Other teams don't have the money. They're up against the cap. They only made one or two moves, bringing in a maybe an elite free agent and they spent most of their money on that and didn't have the volume of players that the Raiders brought in it seems to me and we'll talk about this with Dave Ziegler when we have him on next that the Raiders filled some holes uh they got rid of some players for specific reasons and I'm I'm more fascinated on the players that Dave Ziegler is deciding to keep that was here before he got here right we know Max Crosby is one of them right came here earlier you know Josh Jacobs way before Dave got here. But Divine Diablo, when I look around at other players who are here, and I'm wondering, well, why are they here? Uh, I want to know why is Nate Hobbs here? Because Nate Hobbs has to start. Nate Hobbs, last year I went out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. I thought that Nate Hobbs the year before at slot corner would prove to everybody that he was so big. If Nate Hobbs could just start a corner and just be one of the two starting corners, I'm good with that. But I don't think Nate Hobbs played very well last year, and he had injuries he was fighting through uh, throughout last year. But I want to know what they see in Nate Hobbs going forward here. Obviously, face-on, they like. And you look at Roderick Teemer. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's here. They see something with him for the price point. And they believe that he is a player that they think is ascending and fits in this program. Same with Jerry Tillery, Bilal Nichols, Neil Farrell, Matthew Butler. Well, with those guys that I mentioned, one of them's got to pop, or two of them got to pop. And I think the biggest need for the Raiders now, biggest need, is starting, impact, defensive tackle in the middle of the line to free up Max and Chandler Jones. And they got to get a starting corner. They have to. They have to get a starting corner who can come in. And when you put a starting corner in at a very young age, at a very young age, that is tough. When you have a starting corner you have got to make sure that that corner can come in, and that corner is going to get beat. That that corner is going to get beat early on, and you know it because he's a boy amongst men. You know, corners coming out of college are boys among men, and you got to get that guy up to man speed pretty quickly here, and I think the Raiders are going to have little to no choice and have to go get a corner early in this draft, and hopefully, hopefully he's good because we were here for Garyon Connolly, D.J. Hayden. Um, these guys were busts. They were busts uh, Dave Ziegler. I think he's going to do a great job in the draft. I think that's his prowess. That's what he's going to do. March madness. As we continue at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. 365 9200 Jim Laranega head coach of Miami. Now they go up against the one seed of Houston. I spoke to him last night coming off his big win.
3: Uh, it feels great. The guys did a great job. My coaching staff did a great job. Um, uh, And we were really good from start to finish, so I'm really proud of them.
0: Coach, I want to talk more again about the defense and when Indiana went on that run late, what you told your your players in timeouts and on breaks there to get them to lock in because with their length and their ability to play on the perimeter, I just thought a couple of turnovers and deflected balls really got you back in the game to put it away.
3: Well... Here's the thing. We, we had to make several adjustments during the game. Norshad Shadowmere got into early foul trouble. He hit two fouls. Anthony Walker came in and did a great job uh, substituting for him. And then we moved Jordan Miller over to uh, Jackson Davis. He did a terrific job, but then he got in foul trouble. And so then we ended up switching Shadow O'Meara back over to him. But the whole key was how to guard their ball screen and their short roll. When Jackson Davis catches it on the short roll, he's almost impossible to stop. So we were trying to trap the ball screener and rotate to uh, Jackson Davis. And uh, sometimes it worked, and sometimes they picked us apart. But we got a couple of deflections and a couple of turnovers on them uh, late in the game, and that made all the difference.
0: Isaiah Wong had a monster game, 27 points, also eight rebounds, and some of them were great. And, Coach, he was five for five on the free throw line. So you're getting 27 points out of a very good play, and he's making free throws at a really important time here. What were you preaching to him individually where he elevated his game?
3: I mean, he's such a great player, ACC Player of the Year, a third-team All-American, one of the leading scorers in Miami history. And I can tell you this very honestly, he's never had a bad day. He just worked his tail off every single day since he was a freshman. It's really hard to be as consistent as he is with attitude and effort. He just is just a fun young man to be around, and I'm just so proud
0: of the game that he had. Coach out-rebounded IU 48-31 in this game. I would assume you need a similar rebounding performance or at least an edge going up against Houston, how they protect the basketball and they attack. They got four guys who go to the board on every miss here. This is going to be an incredible matchup.
3: Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a great matchup. We're just going to enjoy. Good. Uh, we'll start you know, preparing for Houston, but right now we want to get back to Miami. We have a flight, 9 a.m. We want to get some, some food in us, uh, some rest, Get back to Miami and and help our guys enjoy, you know, getting to the Sweet 16 and then start preparing uh, for Houston.
0: Coach, last one, a quick one. What was it like to see your fans there? Indiana travels well, dating back to their great history. When you turned around afterwards and made eye contact with those fans heading back to the tunnel, what was that like?
3: Well, I think you always have to appreciate the people who support your program. These are people who travel to Albany hoping to, to watch us play, hoping to watch us win. And as much as our players are rewarded with the victory, so are our fans. So we really appreciate them.
0: Thank you, Coach. Travel well. Talk to you soon. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Jim Laranega, we spoke to him two weeks in a row, and I have a Las Vegas product joining us a little bit later in the show, which I'm excited about too, from my conversations from the NCAA tournament. The Sweet 16 is set. Uh, Lon Kruger will join us, the legendary coach, on Wednesday to break down the Sweet 16. 702-365-9200. The Raiders signed O.J. Howard today at tight end. We know what he's done in the past. Can he stay durable and healthy? How do you think he fits in now that Darren Waller is gone? And the connection that he could have with Jimmy Garoppolo, a big, big, big tight end who's made every catch the league has ever seen before. He's got to stay on the field and be productive. We'll get into that signing coming up as we continue on the flagship of the Raiders. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, brought to you by Resorts World. Great to see my friends go down to Doghouse and spend the entire day there to watch the games on Saturday. Doghouse, Scott Sabella's vision of sports in the premier property, the most luxurious property on the strip, Resorts World.
2: Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I know every, every player says that when they come up to their first press conference, but that's my goal. I want to go get a ring, uh, get the silver and black back to where it should be. And uh, I know it's not an easy process. Been through it. San Francisco, you know, lower end of the field when I first got there, but it's a process, but it'll be worth it.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo. At his press conference, we talked to him exclusively on Friday. Field Yates reporting the Raiders have signed former Niners defensive end Jordan Willis. Good player. Uh, a lot of Niner fans are upset about that move. A lot of Niner fans loved him as an opposite of Bosa, you know, a third, maybe for the Raiders, a fourth rotational pass rusher to spell Chandler or Mad Max if they need a break or whatever. So I think that is a pretty good signing considering what they were able to get him for. So Jordan Willis comes in from the 49ers along with Jimmy Garoppolo. Vinny Bonsignor has a new column out today, really a complete depth chart of the Raiders and what they need going forward. And I'm excited with some of the signings that I think are important here. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the key, the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers, everything that I've read from insiders all over the country, And people talking about that, that might have been one of the steals of free agency that the Raiders got Jacoby Myers for the price they got him at. And the fact that he is going to be the absolute number two to Devante, but with Hunter Renfro and his money coming due and and Hunter assuming he's going to be here, we've seen Hunter put up 100 catches and he could be the number two and you could have two great slots with Jimmy G. You know, we talked to Jimmy G on Friday and he told me about the control he has at the line of scrimmage that almost broke the internet. A lot of people cut and pasted that and said, what are you talking about? Derek Carr didn't have control of the line of scrimmage. He had to follow McDaniels' rules, per se, and run the offense and didn't have the freedom that he had. Well, again, that could be because maybe the coach didn't have the confidence in the quarterback to have the complete playbook. I find that hard to believe because Derek's been in the league nine years and is pretty good at the line of scrimmage throughout his career with other coaches, but Jimmy Garoppolo is more familiar with Josh McDaniel's sequence and play calling and what he wants to do on down and distance here. So when the Raiders break the huddle, assuming that they get another offensive lineman, I think they need a veteran offensive lineman. I said that last year, and I wasn't talking about, you know, some of the guys that they have here, or Thayer they Mumford in the seventh round. I'm talking about a legitimate, well-recognized right tackle that you could get in free agency, which they chose not to, per se, with the star name. To go out there. Look, Laramie Tunsil playing left tackle, being the highest paid player there. Raiders got Colton Miller. Tunsil is good. Trent Williams. Tunsil's great. And Trent Williams is great. Colton Miller has got to play at a Pro Bowl level this year. He's got to go to the Pro Bowl this year. And then on offensive line, they're bringing a lot of those guys back. For value, their price, their rookie contracts, whatever it is. And we got to get something out of those guys, too. One hour up it flew by. Coming up next, the two good guests, Mark Anderson, Harry Ruiz.